This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. fall for his temptation, for his deception, and of course they're separated from God. And the Bible says that at that time that Satan became what was referred to as the God of this world. Now, that word translated world, W-R-L-D, is from a Greek word cosmos, and it means system. Doesn't mean he owns the planet, but the system that is operating uh, in the nations, uh, the political systems, the economic systems, education systems, all those kinds of systems, the Bible says, are under his influence. This is why God calls a church to intercede and to pray for those in authority. We pray for our government. Because if it was under the control of God, we wouldn't need to pray for it, would we? So we need to pray for it. It's being influenced by that. And I don't think it takes, we don't, we don't have to be a Bible scholar to be able to see that. I think we can see very clearly that our, our culture and our systems, uh, they are being influenced by the enemy. And so we're in this great fight and we know that Jesus, through His death, His burial, and His resurrection, we saw this in Colossians and in Ephesians, that He has destroyed once and for all the authority of Satan. He has destroyed His power, and He has put Him under our feet who are believers, a part of His body. But we also see this, that He is right now, He is still free to act. He is an outlaw. And he will still try to tempt, he will still try to kill, he will still try to destroy if we let him. And so we need to understand this. And we looked at some of our weapons. We looked at the blood of Jesus. Oh, that's a mighty, mighty weapon. The Bible says they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. And then the second one, by the word of their testimony. The word of God is a two-edged sword. And we, we begin to talk about the armor of God in Ephesians 6, and it is battle armor. And we're going to see today, uh, I thought we would start with the, with the armor of God today, but I, I need to do some, a little more prerequisite stuff before we get into the armor. Because, uh, you know, turn in, if you will, to uh, 2 Timothy. We'll start reading there, 2 Timothy, chapter 2. You know... I was just going to start off by talking about the armor of God because it is a battle armor. He said, the Bible says, uh, you know, that we're to be uh, strong in the Lord and the power of His might. He said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Let's get that down, church. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. The enemy always wants to bring you down on that lower carnal level. Sure he does. That's how he divides us. Well, they don't look like you. They don't believe exactly like you. They think this should be different than you think it should be. And the next thing, he's got us all and all the time. That's absolutely futile. I've been around long enough now. We talk about, you know, systems and all. And I'm all, I believe we should do uh, whatever we can, whatever we can to, to make this world better, to make our government better, to make our systems better. We should do that. But I've been around long enough to know this, that people are people. And I don't care who we get 
in the White House, who we get on the court bench, there's still going to be people that, you, you know, we're not going to agree with everything. They're not going to do everything just like we might like it. But you know what? That's not my battleground. I'm going to, you know, be a good citizen, inform yourself, vote. I believe in all of that. But that being said, that's not where the true battle is. And we looked at that. And we talked about that. And so I thought about this, you know, this armor this morning. Before I started talking about it, I thought, you know, I began to just, just thinking it, mulling it over my head. And God says, now think about this. He said, now, uh, anybody in here, I know we have some, been in the service, the military? Now, when you, when you uh, uh, joined up, when you were inducted, and you had to take an oath, didn't you? You, said, you swore an oath to defend the country and the Constitution and all that. Isn't that right? And they immediately gave you a weapon and sent you out to the front lines. Oh, they didn't? Wow. And so the Lord said, you need to preface this before, because, you know, this is what happens many times is, is, is we talk about the armor of God, and we talk about this cosmic conflict, and we talk about our weapons, but that don't mean you're ready yet. We need to do. So I want to talk about a little more prep before you, you know, because we're not going to just send you right out into the front, front of the battle because you're not going to last long. Green troops have a way of getting wounded real hurt, in a hurry, don't they? And let me just say this while I'm talking about it. You know, in our military, we do not uh, lock up our wounded. Or we shouldn't. You know, they got something, if you're wounded in the service, they got something called a purple heart, don't they? And it is a badge of honor, is it not? Those in the military, am I telling the truth? Because you know what that says? They don't look at that purple heart and say, well, you dummy, why'd you get shot for? Because the bullets were flying and I was on the front line, buddy. We don't do that, do we? We don't say, what's wrong with you? Why didn't you duck faster? Why didn't you do this better? No, we think, you know what? They put their life on the line to defend us. That's how we should see it. But it's funny, isn't it, in the body of Christ? If somebody gets wounded, boy, we're ready to just kick them out of the church. Boy, this is good preaching. I may come down amen myself. Hey. You know, maybe we should look at it a little differently, shouldn't we? At least they got in the battle. You know? Not nearly as many bullets flying down on the beach as there is in the front lines. But anyway, I'm going to go to meddling here. Second Timothy 2, real quickly, because my time. Look in verse 2, he says, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who are also qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering. Oh, boy, that'll pack them in. Like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. We're talking about a conflict. We're talking about soldiers. And if you know anything at all about your, your Bible in the New Testament, over and over, the language is about soldiers. It's about warfare. It's about commitment it's about dedication it's about us being in a conflict not on a vacation that comes later hallelujah i sure am glad eternity and vacation is going to last a whole lot longer than the battle r and r is coming i said r and r is coming and his name is jesus 
Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Like a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. Then if you will, turn over to 1 Corinthians 9 real quick. I'm going to read this. I want to make a a few remarks for the time left because we're going to have communion, the Lord's table together. We're going to remember the covenant that's given us the victory. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 26, Paul is speaking here. Oh, I'm in second. Let me get over there to first. Paul is speaking here. Notice what he says. He said, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. Could you imagine watching a, a race at the Olympics or something, and they're getting ready to do the 100-meter sprint, and the, the starting pistol shouted, and nine people went this way, and one guy went that way. Or when the pistol shouted, they all started running zigzags and went every which way. Wouldn't you think something's kind of screwy about that race? What's wrong with those people? And Paul says, he says, I'm not running aimlessly. He says, he said, I'm not like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. One translation says, I'm not shadow boxing. Yeah, you can get in front of that mirror, man. You can look pretty tough. It's when that other person is on the other side throwing blows at you, though. That's when you really feel the real deal, isn't it? He said, no, I strike a blow. Where first? To my body. Uh Uh-oh. And make it my slave. So after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So we need to then we need to understand there's some training for this warfare. Now I do believe this that if you send green troops to the front lines like I was talking about, you're definitely going to have a lot more casualties, aren't you? Because they're not going to understand battle tactics. They're not really going to know how to use their weapon. They haven't had enough training to know how to use their weapon. They're not going to understand the strategies of the enemy. They're not going to understand uh, their own strategies of warfare. So you certainly are going to have a lot more wounded if you send them in that way. And I think in the church, that's what's happened. We've got to the point to where we think, you know, it's all about we want to feel good. We want, we want to make everybody feel good. Everything's got to be just right. And if it's not just right, I'm checking out. And I'm going to go find the just right church. Well, when you find it, stay away. Because when you get there, it won't be just right. Isn't that right? <laughs> because why? Nobody, there's no such thing as a perfect church. And we need to get beyond this. If everything's not just right, I'm going. I'm leaving. A little bit of difficulty. And we're ready to cash it in. Come on. Adversity can be good for you. Has anybody ever gone to a gymnasium? Anybody in here belong to one? What do you call that when you go there? What was that first word? That first word? Work. Where's most of us going to get up and go to tomorrow? What, what, what do you think when you hear the word work? Oh, it's party time. No, you don't. Listen, potential is undeveloped ability. Discipline turns potential into power. 
Discipline turns potential into power. We have within us the greater one. Isn't that right? We have within us the living Christ. The Spirit of God is in us. We have abilities. We have the faith of God, the love of God. We have natural abilities He's given us. We have all of this that He's given us, the armor of God we're going to be talking about. He's given us. But listen, without discipline, it is simply potential. And we're thrilled and happy about our potential. But God wants us to move from potential to power being released. And that only comes through discipline. Anybody in here uh, graduated from high school, college, community college, or, or gone through some apprenticeship to learn a trade? Let me see your hands. Well, you didn't have to discipline yourself, did you? You didn't ever have to read when you didn't want to read, study when you didn't want to have to study. You didn't have to do any of that, did you? You just, you just hung out at the house and ate Cheetos and watched as the stomach turns. And, you know, they just said, come on up here and here's your diploma. They didn't do that. They didn't do that for me either. No, you what? You had to discipline yourself. I had to go to class when I didn't feel like going to class. <laughs> if, you go on, if you're taking it online, man, you got to get in there and you got to do what it takes. Isn't that right? you got to do the work. There was potential in you all along, but until you disciplined yourself. Now notice real quickly in Ephesians. Now I can see I'm not going to get through. We'll finish this at another time, but this, that's all right. We're getting started here. While I'm thinking about it, next week, Pastor Walt Preston's going to be ministering here. So make sure you're here for that. It's going to be good. Invite somebody. Hallelujah. I know it's good, brother. It's always good. So just a little infomercial there before I forget. Ephesians 4. Notice what Paul is speaking here. Let's pick it up in verse 22 real quick. We're going to read several verses here. Verse 22. He said, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. Now, Paul is writing to spirit-filled Christians at Ephesus. He's not writing to the lost. He's writing to the body of Christ that is, is there at the church in Ephesus. So this is spirit-filled people like you and I he's writing to, so just so you know. He said, you were taught to, with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Who's going to do this? Oh, I'm just, man, I'm going to come to church and, and pastor's going to have a super-duper-duper, super-duper-duper-duper anointing one day and he's going to lay hands on me and whammo! Not. But we get some of those fantastic ideas sometimes. He said, you've got to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you, say that, say that with me, each of you <laughs> must put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, don't sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. Wow, he's talking to spirit-filled Christians. Don't steal. Hello. (laughs) He said, but you must work. Everybody say work. See, work's not a bad idea. 
And work's not a result of the fall. We already talked about that. Doing something useful with your own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Isn't that interesting? He said, don't work to pay the bills. Work so that you have something to share with people in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Oh, I'll tell you, I don't like grandfather. I just don't like the way they do things. <laughs> you know, just, this is just speaking for me. It would bother me a whole less, uh, me a whole less, a lot less, if you just reared back and just good old-fashioned South Alabama cussed than to let some of that old garbage talking about your brothers and sisters and complaining and griping. and So that other stuff just run off me like water off a duck's back. But all that other stuff. See, we don't think of that. That's unwholesome talking too. The ten, the ten spies came back. Remember that? And it says what? They gave a, oh, they're talking and complaining. What did the Bible call it? An evil report. And you go on and read, and listen, boy, you talk about how fast an evil report can go through a body. There was over at least minimum a million and a half of those Hebrews coming out. And it says before the night was over, that evil report had spread through the whole nation so that they were all infected and were whining and complaining. He said, well, I just don't think it's that big a deal. Well, if you don't mind putting off God's plan for your life an additional 40 years, I guess it's not. <laughs> Come on. No unwholesome talk out of your mouth. He said, but rather what is helpful for building others up. You don't have to have a Ph.D. to know what helps build other people up. Isn't that right? And here's the thing, this goes not only when you're in church, this goes for when you're at, at the house. Well, I'm behind closed doors, I'll just say whatever I want to. Well, yeah, you can. But not if you want to please God. And it, I'm going to tell you, you talk about discipline, it takes discipline to, to keep this thing straight. I'm telling you, I'm speaking for myself, it takes some discipline, doesn't it? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God which, which, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, every form of malice. This is spirit-filled Christians he's talking to. <laughs> See, just because you got saved and filled with the, with the Holy Ghost don't mean you're perfect yet. It means that you have the potential to go on to maturity. But you've got to do something. This starts with disciplining yourself. Now, here's what he said. Put on the new man. Put away lying. Speak the truth. Here's the truth. You say, what is truth? It's this thing right here, this book called the Bible. When you're tempted to say something negative about a believer or about someone, find something good to say about them in this book. Call those things that be not as though they were. <laughs> Amen. That's how we do it. We call those things that be not as though they were that are not as though they were, and we speak what? We speak the truth. He said, put away lying. He said, maintain unity. How do we maintain unity? We have to forgive and forbear. We don't get unity because everybody agrees with my opinion. <laughs> Isn't that right? 
Oh, if everybody just agree with me as a pastor, man, we'd be, you know, that's not the unity he's talking about. He said it's a unity that comes from what? Us loving one another, forgiving one another, and forbearing one another. Because we're not perfect. The pastor's not perfect. You're not perfect. Amen. No corrupt communication. What is that? Our words should, what? Should be words of love, words of grace. Sprinkle with some salt sometimes. Amen. It should be words of faith. Man, I mean, you know, here's half the church praying, God, uh, your will be done. God, I know you, you're, you've got good things ahead for Passion Church. It's good. And then you've got the other half going around telling everybody, I'll tell you, I don't know what we're going to do. Looks like everything's going wrong. We ain't going to make it. You say, oh, Pastor, nobody would do that. Sure they would, because I, I ain't come back to me. It's, that's corrupt communication. Is that what God's saying? Do you think that's God's will? Well, then why are you saying it? Amen? You say, well, that's what it looks like. Well, how, how many you know you can't go by what you see? He said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. He didn't say, you know, if you confess to God the things that are, it's going to change it. He said, you've got to call those things which be not as though they were. That's faith. So corrupt communication is more than just frass and frass and frass and frass and kick the cat. He said, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Listen, when we, when, we, when we criticize one another, when we murmur and complain about our situation and our circumstances and things are not just the way we would like for them to do, and we start whining and complaining and murmuring, read over there. He said, that's grieving the Holy Spirit. Well, I tell you, I need the Holy Spirit to work for me. I don't need Him to be in neutral. See, because when you grieve the Holy Spirit, you know what that means? doesn't mean He leaves you. It just means what? He's not active. He's not going to confirm your criticism. He's not going to jump in there and confirm your judgment. God, you need to kill a whole bunch. <laughs> no, listen, let's leave that to God. Amen? Let's leave those things to God. You don't know that person's heart. You don't know what they're dealing with. Let's leave that to God. You speak good things. You pray for them. Amen? I mean, find something good to say about them. Boy, they got a beautiful head of hair. <laughs> something. You can find something good to say. You can't avoid. And finally, he says this, what? Put away bitterness, anger, and evil speaking. See, we're, we're going to be talking about the armor. It's battle armor. And we're going into conflict. Because, see, all of these things he's talking about here, until we discipline ourselves, they become a liability in war. Because in conflict, all of my liabilities that have not been disciplined out of me, they be be become heightened, don't they? I mean, if you just give me a weapon, okay, I'm in the armor, and you send me right up to the front lines and the bullets start flying, I might freeze right there. Never shoot my gun, never fire my weapon. Or I might run. Or I might turn around and get so excited I shoot you. No, that happening in the body of Christ, is there? 
So, see, if we don't discipline ourselves, and yet we're going to go ahead and put on this armor, and we're going to confront the enemy, and I mean the first time, you know, he hits back, and we start whining. Or ye with, I love you, will be like this. It's a war. You get shot at in a war. <laughs> Amen. It, you go through some tough circumstances in a war. Sometimes there's difficulty in a war. So if we don't discipline ourselves, all this stuff's going to come up in, in the middle of the battle, and the enemy is going to use it against us. And we start shooting off our brothers and sisters instead of shooting at the enemy. We start blaming them, complaining, blaming our, the commander-in-chief, which is God. God, this is your fault. Listen, so what do we have to do? Because I've got I've to stop. We'll pick this back up in November. We're going to talk about the armor of God. But, so what do we need to do? He, Paul said this. He said, I discipline myself. You cannot discipline me. I cannot discipline you. I can encourage you. You can encourage me. And that's what the Bible says we should do. You can, I can pray for you and you can pray for me. That's what the Bible says we should do. Isn't that right? And we speak words of encouragement from God's Word. We declare over our brothers and sisters. We declare over our life that we are who God says we are. We have what God says we have. We can do what God says we can do. But it takes discipline. You know, they have something in, in the military they call basic training. You know, when they go uh, into war, they want them to go as a unit, not as 50 individuals. You wonder why, you, you know, I've had people ask me this. I don't understand. Pastor, you say that Jesus defeated the enemy. He's under our feet, that Jesus has all authority. He's given us his name. He's given us the blood. We have all this going for us. Then why aren't we further ahead? I can tell you real quickly. And I was hoping to get into it today, but I won't have time. When we study out about those principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness, you know what we're going to find out? That Satan's army is ordered and disciplined. He's not just coming by you and saying, hey, let's try this. I think this might work. Man, he's got a plan to destroy you, to destroy the church. He's got a plan. He's working it. He's got his troops ordered in such a way of martial array against you. And here's the church. We can't get two of us to agree about anything. No wonder he's winning. Listen. You could have modern weapons and send troops that were green and undisciplined into the front of warfare, and people could be coming at you with spears and swords and, and slingshots. But if you know how to fire your weapon or you allowed fear to get a hold of you, they could still overwhelm you. We're going to talk about that week after next. And we're going to talk about Satan's army, about the principalities, about how they're arrayed. Then we're going to talk about it. And listen. You can go back and read this. You have to discipline yourself. Discipline takes effort. It takes work. It takes uh, a consistency. You know, life, and I'm, I believe this, the system of our, that, that we're living in, the world we're living in, it is so busy, and I believe a lot of that busyness is to keep us from this very purpose of having or thinking or believing we have the time or taking the time to discipline ourselves. The Word, 
prayer takes time. It takes time. You got to build it into you. You know, they you know, they don't they don't say, you know, okay, basic training here, guys. 30 minutes a week. Just give us 30 minutes a week for basic training. 30 minutes a week will do it. That'll absolutely do it. But we think, you know, I hear complaints if I preach over 35 minutes. We got to get in and get out. We got to hurry up. We don't have an attention span that lasts that long. Well, then maybe you need to discipline yourself. I hope you have a longer attention span than that at work. You just give them 30 minutes during the day and the rest of the day you check out. We can do, what I'm saying is we can do what we want to do. And what I'm talking about is life and death here. Come on. Well, I figured, you know, if my pastor was a man of God, he'd just, you know, he'd just pray me out of anything I need to. <laughs> then why did he tell you to discipline yourself? Why did he say for you to put off some things? We need to put off some stuff, don't we? Well, my time's up. We'll have to get to that next time. Let me give you some action points, and then we're going to have our communion. Listen to this. Have you disciplined your life for warfare? Secondly, what areas of your life need discipline? Might be your flesh, might be your mouth, might be your tongue. Might be your eyes, could be any number of things. But you know what? You're, you're going to have to do it. God's not going to do it for you. And, and I can't do it for you, and you can't do it for me. We've got to discipline ourselves. And you need to be real and honest with yourself and say, what areas of my life need discipline? Take, take a survey. Amen? You know, it's amazing to me. We do this if, if we're in business or we're an entrepreneur or something. We do stuff like this concerning our business all along. I mean, if your business, if you owned a business, it was going down, 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 what would you do? Just, well, you know, it'll probably turn around. It'll probably get better. No, you'd take, a, you'd take a survey, wouldn't you? You'd look real honest and see what are we doing here. Then lastly, don't be ignorant of the devil's warfare against you. The devil is warring against you, and he's doing it in a disciplined, purposeful manner. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to inform you. Listen, if you will discipline yourself, if you will take God's Word and take the promises of God and take the armor of God, you will absolutely win the battle. But don't think being in the battle means you'll never get shot at. You'll never go through a difficulty. There'll never be anything that is opposing you. But we have to toughen ourselves up. Man, what would you do? I mean, if you just j said, I'm ready, and you jumped into the ring with the, the, the heavyweight boxing champion of the world, or you got in that, I don't know what they call that thing with the WWE where they're all in the cage, whatever they call that. Holy cow. You're just going to be fodder. You ain't going to last, I mean, two seconds. I mean, you know, that guy's going to kick you, and that's it. You out. We must discipline ourselves. Amen? Okay. Father, I pray that this word will bear fruit in our lives. Lord, this exhortation to, 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 to bring ourselves 
under the lordship of Jesus and of the Holy Spirit and the Word that we will discipline ourselves for the, for the work ahead of us, for the, for the battles you have for Passion Church to fight, not only individually but corporately, Lord, that we can move forward and possess the land you've called us to possess. I pray that you would encourage and strengthen my brothers and sisters by your spirit in the inner man, that, Father, they would make the resolve by the help of the Holy Spirit that they're going to discipline, we're going to discipline, and they're going to discipline themselves for this conflict we're in. Hallelujah. Well, this morning we're going to participate in the covenant meal. If you did not receive any elements when you came in, if you will hold your hand up, the ushers will come and serve you. I want to read from 1 Peter 2, and then we're going to receive the elements together. First Peter 2. The one down front here, Thomas, when you can. First Peter chapter 2. Peter is speaking, listen to this. He himself, Jesus Christ, <clears throat> he himself bore our sins in his body. Jesus bore your sins. If you're here today, even if you've never professed Jesus as Lord, let me tell you something. He's already bore your sins. All you've got to do is believe and call on the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. He bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we what might die to sins. Sins not to have dominion over us. Amen. And live for righteousness. We live for the will of God. We live for the purpose of God. We live to please our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Everything else, the things of this life and all, they're, they're nice. We enjoy them and all. But this is the center of our purpose in being, isn't it? By His wounds, you have been healed. Two things. He bore your sins. God's not mad at you any longer. As we partake of this table today, we partake of the, of the bread, we partake of the cup, we are remembering this. He has borne our sins. I'm free. Say that with me. I'm free. I'm not under condemnation. I'm not under judgment. I'm free. Hallelujah. Now, you have to believe that. And you believe it that He did it and He finished the work. And that by His wounds, His stripes, we were what? Healed. If you have sickness or disease in your body or any kind of infirmity, as we partake of the bread this morning, by faith we're partaking of what His body provided. Healing and strength and wholeness for our bodies. Father, thank You for the broken body of Jesus. And we do declare today that by His stripes, we are healed. Father, as we eat this bread, we do by faith partake of the broken body of Jesus, and we receive the healing and the strength we need for our body from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. In Jesus' name, let's eat together. Thank you, Lord. Just receive 
healing in your body. Wherever it's needed. Thank you, Father. Healing for arthritis. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Every sickness and every disease by the stripes of Jesus are healed now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. The cup also, the Bible says that by the shedding of blood, there is remission of sins. Because of the shed blood that this cup represents, all of your sins and my sins have been not only forgiven, but the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, God has removed them and He will not remember them any longer. Hallelujah. Listen, if there's sin in your life, if you know there's something that's between you and God right now, just before you drink, just confess it. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, He's just and faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, thank You for the blood. That blood that has cleansed us. That blood that has made us right with You. We're in right standing with You. Father, the Bible says that being justified by faith in His blood, we have peace with You through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank You, Lord. All our sins are forgiven. We belong to you. We're accepted in the beloved by the blood. Let's drink together. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.